beautiful uh, vista, you know, with the, the drone shot coming in. And it really gives uh, a lot of people the idea of what our typical area looks like. Uh, we've actually had a couple people call and book after watching the video online and say, I was sitting in my office in Chicago and I felt like I was on the river, you know, and, and that was pretty special to hear. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. This time around, we want to welcome to the program Tim West. Now, Tim is the owner of Breckenridge Outfitters out of Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, I want to preface this by saying 2016 Orvis Shop of the Year and 2013 Orvis Outfitter of the Year. Uh, Really glad you could come on the program. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. I uh, we kind of uh, cross paths through through a mutual friend of yours. Um, yeah, Lidrig. Lidrigs. So yeah, so I mean, and and he told me the good things that you guys were up to, and I thought that's a perfect fit. So we'll get into Breckenridge Outfitters and all the good things you guys have going on with the shop and the guides and whatnot. But first off, I like to take it back to your roots. Uh, if you don't mind, Tim, how, how did you come to discover fly fishing? Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. Um, my whole family has been, you know, hunting and fishing, uh, you know, their whole lives and, uh, got me introduced at a young age and, uh, you know, started, uh, fly fishing, uh, whenever I was in high school, uh, whenever I started, uh, fly fishing, uh, back in Oklahoma, my parents got me my first fly rod and, Instantly, I was hooked. Of course, pun intended. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been one of my passions. You know, hunting and fishing has always been my my passion and my drive. Uh, moved out to Breckenridge about 15 years ago and uh, ran a couple uh, big retail stores on Main Street and did that and became you know good friends with a bunch of guides and uh, shop owners around town and. Um, actually the previous owner at Breckenridge Outfitters is, uh, one of my hunting and fishing buddies, real close friend of mine. Um, so I bought the shop from him five years ago. Uh, I definitely inherited a, a great staff, a great group of guides. Um, I also, uh, inherited, you know, the, the, the original fly shop that was there, uh, in five years that I've been there, we did win 2016, uh, shop of the year, which is an Orvis award that. Uh, they only give out every few years. Um, and then prior to me, uh, the shop had won four Outfitter of the Year awards. This last year for 2018, uh, we actually won runner-up for Outfitter of the Year. And one of my guides actually won Orvis Guide of the Year for Freshwater. So uh, super proud of him, super proud of the staff. Uh, it's, it's a great group of guys and gals that we have working for us. Um, so, uh, that's kind of my background. Took it over about five years ago. I've 
doubled the size of the retail space there just off the main street and uh, hired a handful of more guides for us. Um, so I've got about 31 guides now. Uh, we push over 3,000 uh, guided trips a year. Um, and then we have a full-service retail shop right on Main Street. That's amazing. 31 guides. That's that's not a small business. So this is kind of a, an odd question, but what's your takeaway so far? Since you've taken over the shop, and if you kind of look back on, on the years to, to this point, what's your biggest takeaway of running a, a big outfitter like that? You know, uh, biggest takeaway would have to be uh, you have to be passionate about what you do. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, going back to a little bit of my background, you know, growing up hunting and fishing, you know, it's, it's, it's my passion. It's my drive. It's what I love to talk about, you know, uh, getting people, whether they're on a guide trip or not, or just coming in to get the hugs or, you know, at good advice of what to go, you know, just having, having customers come back and, uh, you know, the smile ear to ear, you know, stoke about maybe something new they've never tried in fly fishing or, uh, maybe they're a world-class angler that's fished Colorado for 30 years, and we told them about a, a, a new spot or, you know, a, a different place to look at somewhere that they have been dozens of times and just overlooked. Um, you know, that's that's my drive, and I think that if you lose that, if you lose that passion, then you don't have anything. You definitely have to uh, – there's ups and downs with any, you know, business, whether it be small or big or, you know, anything, but – uh you know, whenever you do what you love and love what you do, it's it's uh, it's definitely helpful to show up at 6 a.m. and be ready for another full day of guide trips and shops. And, you know, if you, if you don't wake up and you're not stoked about what you do and what you talk about, man, I don't know if you're going to have a chance. <laughs> That's so true. Like any, any shop guy I've talked to, any guide, anybody that's in this industry seems to be kind of cut from the same cloth it's all about passion and like you say without that that's that's what brings us to the water and i don't know about you but when i get off the water on a personal day i am tired it it is hard work and I, before we, before we got going i think you mentioned to me you just put in what a 14 hour day yeah yeah i got uh i got to the shop uh this morning uh just before six and uh just got home uh just before we hopped on the call here so 7.30 yard time, so 13 and a half hours at the shop, so <laughs> maybe 14. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a long stint, but, you know, it's a really, you know, fairly short, busy, busy season. Our main season kicks off, uh, you know, mid-June, late June, and it'll run until about November 1st. We are open year-round. We do guide trips year-round, uh, but we run from, you know, 31 guides in the summer to about four during the winter. Okay. So, uh, it's definitely fast and furious there for a few months, uh, but you know, it's uh, like like we've talked about. It, it comes down to the passion. You know, all of us, uh, all of us guides, and all of the shop staff, uh, we're just ate up by the sport of fly fishing. Um, in our retail store, we also carry conventional tackle. You know, our biggest drive, our biggest mo, is definitely just getting people outside getting mm -hmm. people involved, introducing families to our sport. You know, there was a stigma for a long time that this was the wealthy gentlemen's no girls allowed, no kids allowed sport. And, and we really want to turn that upside down. We want everybody to get out there, experience their, 
you know, uh, waters, whether it be at home or, you know, out in Colorado here. Uh, we just uh, really push for everybody to get outside, enjoy their uh, resources. And, uh, you know, if they want to get out and do some fly fishing, great. If they want to get out and do some spin fishing, awesome. We're we're not a, an elitist or a purist or any type of shop. We just like to see people go out and have a wonderful time. I think that's that's a key to a, a, a real good business in the sport of fly fishing is being versatile because if you exclude anybody you're, you're missing i mean this comes up a lot on the program tim just so you're aware like whether it's hunting fishing camping hiking climbing uh mountain biking a lot of those guys and gals are doing the same things using the same equipment yeah absolutely and and there's no reason that anyone should be uh put off by trying something new um, you know, I can remember whenever I first moved to Colorado, uh, you know, 15 years ago, um, I was still <laughs> growing in, uh, my experience level of fly fishing. Um, and then of course it consumed me, but I, I remember being pretty, uh, nervous, you know, pulling up into a parking lot and seeing people with all the gadgets and gear and, you know, uh, getting out and I'm rigging my rod and, you know, they're, you know, talking in another language with, you know, certain bug names and all of that. And, you know, I almost felt like, <laughs> like I was out of, out of my element a little bit. And I just, uh, you know, whenever I, uh, of course, got more, you know, into, uh, you know, the sport of fly fishing and started being more well-rounded, uh, and all of that, uh, mm-hmm. more comfortable, you know, I, I started kind of taking it aback a little bit and thinking about those days and realizing that there's no way I was the only one who felt that way. And we want to make sure that everybody, you know, who enters the sport or goes out and, and, uh, you know, experiences fly fishing maybe for the first time or even the fifth time, you know, this is a learning curve and, you know, you can do it every day. And if you don't learn something every day, you're on the water, you're doing it wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's well said, because it is a very steep learning curve. So uh, along that vein, Tim, is if you could look back and say, okay, who's been some of the biggest influences on my, in my fly fishing journey, could you name one or two for us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, first, uh, definitely have to have to give some credit to the previous shop owner who's a good friend of mine, hunting and fishing buddy, Ned Parker. Uh, he ran the, he owned the shop for a handful of years and he was the previous shop owner or sorry, the previous shop manager for the, the original owners who owned the shop. Um, you know, great, great steward of the sport, um, and definitely knows his stuff. And then I've had the pleasure of, uh, getting to know and fish with Joe Humphreys. Uh, out of Pennsylvania, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will know who that is. Um, and uh, I definitely consider him a mentor of mine and uh, certainly someone to look up to. Uh, so if I had to call out a couple people, uh, those would be uh, two of the, the leaders on my list for helping me uh, grow as an as a angler myself. Yeah, fair enough. Those uh, those are uh, a couple of big names, and I, you know what's ironic about what you just mentioned, pencil. Probably my my biggest downloads um, stateside tend to come from Pennsylvania and Colorado. So, and those those two states <laughs> just keep coming up. So there must be a lot of good fishing in your neck of the woods. There, there's a lot of good fishing out here, and there's definitely a lot of good fishing back east. Um, yeah, it's uh, 
you know, pretty similar, but vastly different at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you're going to talk fly fishing in the Breckenridge area, and I realize, obviously, uh, you've got a shop, and that's probably where you do most of your, your talking, where where would you go normally to meet up with the gang and talk fly fishing in, in, in the Breckenridge area? You know, a lot of the, the places that uh, you, you know, talk fly fishing are usually around the fly bins uh, in a shop. You know, we have a lot of uh, locals that uh, come in, you know, during the morning and they're talking to guides while guides are getting all their stuff ready for their guide trips. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a camaraderie sort of feeling uh, in the mornings around the shop. Um, you know, <laughs> of course, after trips uh, in the, the latter part of the day, uh, you can definitely find a, a handful of guides, uh, you know, probably uh, one of the local watering holes. Um, those are definitely some uh, some areas that, that people talk fly fishing. And then uh, outside of that, you know, during the, the slower winter months, we do kind of go on, 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 you know, presentation tour, I would call it. And uh, we try to hit multiple states and multiple shops around the country and just kind of expose people to, you know, fly fishing in Colorado, get some information, and then, you know, hopefully teach them one or two things that maybe they uh, aren't familiar with and, in terms of what they usually do in their area. And uh, what we have found is, is pretty um, pretty good out here and uh, just kind of trying to teach uh, some new techniques, some new different, you know, ways to rig and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and, and put, letting people use that on their home water. What would be the uh, the main system that, that uh, folks are, are guiding on in your area? Like where are most of your guides headed day-to-day um, from the shop? Yeah, so I, I would say most of our main river sources, uh, you know, uh, that we fish day in, day out, are uh, the South Platte River, uh, definitely um, the Colorado River, the Blue River, the Williams Fork, the Arkansas, the Eagle. Um, we have about every permit within a two-hour radius of us, so we, we try to look at, you know, all the variables. We try to look at fishing conditions and hatches and weather and you know kind of all of the the things that we're uh that we battle with every day and try to make the best decision to go out we have a handful of private ranches uh that that we fish um and book through the shop um so you know i'd say the majority of our trips if i had to narrow it down are probably on the south platte the colorado and the arkansas i bet those are the three that we see the majority of our guide trips going to um, but those other rivers that I mentioned are, are, are stellar, stellar waterways and, and really, really good fishing. Well, you're right in the middle of it there. I'm, I'm very envious cause I, I, where I'm at, we don't have the river fishing that, that you guys have. And that's kind of, that's where my passion sits. Anytime you can sit on moving water and, um, just kind of walk and wade or, or do a drift. That's, that's heaven. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, heaven on earth to me is, you know, some of the evenings or, uh, you know, early mornings on a, on the South Platte or the Arkansas um, or in the Colorado, you know, seeing a, a caddis hatch or a PMD hatch come off and uh, maybe some hoppers, you know, flying around. And, you know, there's, there's really nothing like a, a, a subtle dry fly take on a small creek. Mm. I'm going to ask you to paint us a little picture, Tim. So if you could have your perfect day, 
Paint us a picture what that would look like. When does that start in the morning? Take us to the river. What are we looking at? Yeah, my uh, I think my day would start uh, with a cup of black coffee. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the what's the sun coming up? Uh, you know, uh, heading through the the mountains over a mountain pass uh, down into a an open valley, high alpine valley. Uh, where there's a, a couple streams that, that potentially come together, uh, fishing, uh, right there. Um, yeah, hopefully nobody else there. Mm-hmm. Birds chirping, hatches going crazy, you know, partly cloudy, 55 or 60 degrees, maybe 65, <laughs> cool breeze. That would be, that would be my day. Absolutely. What are you throwing? <laughs> my uh i've got a bunch of go-to rigs of course i i love uh fishing uh dry flies as much as i can but we know that the majority of those fish definitely eat more nymphs than drives um for, for the typical average day um but right now i'm, I'm fishing uh a lot of chubbies i'm fishing uh extended body pmds a lot uh, yellow sallies. I like the, the sexy sally and the tungsten uh, yellow sally a lot. Um, that's what we're we're kind of in in the swing of right now. You know, hanging a bunch of you know pretty standard stuff down low. You know, CBC pheasant tails, patch rubber legs. You know, that kind of stuff. RS twos. Uh, pretty standard stuff uh, that we're seeing. But uh, you know, I've been having really good luck this past week on a. Size 14 gold chubby Chernobyl. That has been my my go-to ticket, uh, especially over on the South Platte River. Uh, it's definitely been fishing really well. So hmm. that that's kind of my go-to rig. Now, when you when you do your guided trips through the shop, are you guys guiding all over the world with that many guides? Like, are you doing uh, you know foreign trips as well, or what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So we do host trips. Um, you know, right now we don't have anything planned. Uh, we're trying to kind of revamp that a little bit and, uh, try to pinpoint maybe, uh, to where people really want to go. You know, a lot of, a lot of times in the past, we've done generalized trips, you know, the Belize, the Mexico, the Alaska, that kind of stuff. And, you know, these these trips are kind of offered all over the place. Every fly shop, you know, host trips or most of them do. And uh, so this year we're trying to kind of battle it a different way and, and hear from our customers and our clients and find out what where are those trips at that they have not done that they would really like to do so we can customize it a little bit more mm. and, uh, you know, put out, you know, uh, maybe a destination where they really, really want to go and want to go with a group um, and have it hosted, uh, but maybe just haven't had the opportunity to. Um, you know, being so closely tied with Orvis, Orvis obviously has their Orvis Adventures uh, side of things. And so they do hosted trips all over the world. Um, so uh, a lot of our Orvis clients, you know, go through them. Uh, but we're always open to hearing where people want to. We've got a couple ideas. Uh, we just uh, have been talking to some folks down in Argentina and then uh, the one that I'm really pushing that I really want to get a group to go to is I want to go chase Golden Dorado in Bolivia. Hmm. Tell me more. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, fishing the Semenay uh, in Bolivia is a uh, pretty dense jungle. 
um, you know, taking uh, little bitty wooden canoes, uh, <laughs> you know, way back into the jungle and trying to fish uh, some of the locations that are kind of a little more off the map is is ideally what I'm looking for. Um, so we haven't really put anything together on that trip yet. Uh, that's just kind of a pipe dream at this point. Mm. It's pretty expensive to get down there. Uh, I'd say Golden Dorado to, to many of the listeners, if they've ever been, uh, they can agree that it's it's definitely one of those once in a lifetime trips. Or hopefully, most of the most of the listeners have been multiple times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, that's on my short list for sure. I was going to ask you about that short list. So, have you got a bucket list of species, Tim, that's in the back of your mind that says I I got to fish for that? Yeah, Golden Dorado has to be at the top of that. Um, you know, I, I've I've been uh, in in a location before to target GTs. I didn't have any luck. I struck out. We kind of landed in the middle of monsoon season. We might have missed it by like a week, from what I was hearing by all the the locals. Uh, I was in Indonesia, and uh, just sounds like we just kind of missed it, and it wasn't the right time. But uh, hmm. I definitely like to to chase some GTs again, um, and then. Uh, yeah, I definitely like to catch a dolly. I think a dolly varden is is on that short list too. Um, what about roosters? Yeah, I just haven't roosters. I've, I've chased roosters a little bit. Um, so down in Mexico, uh, out of Sayulita, uh, roosters are are a lot of fun. Certainly a trip that I never turned down if ever invited. Um, I'm still waiting to, to go chase them off a of Cabo on that that Baja side. I know that that's uh, sweet. That's definitely the spot to go, and I have a lot of a lot of friends and connections that go down there every year. Uh, I unfortunately just had a baby, uh, so <laughs> some of my trips might be postponed a little bit. We're chatting today with Tim West, owner of Breckenridge Outfitters out of Breckenridge, Colorado, the Orvis Shop of the Year in 2016, Outfitter of the Year in 2013, and, and recently had uh, Guide of the Year, guiding out of your shop. Maybe you can speak a little bit Tim, to how these guided trips have changed over the years. Because one thing that really strikes me is how custom they've become. I mean, it used to be, here's the package, sign up. Now it's, you're actually asking the customer, hey, what do you, what do you guys want? Absolutely. You know, whenever we uh, meet with clients in the morning, all of our guides, that's the first thing that we, you know, talk about is expectations for the day. You know, what, what are you looking for? Are you you know, what is your perfect scenario? Are you, are you preferring bigger rivers? Do you prefer, you know, dry flies, nymphing, streamers? You know, what what is it that the clients want out of the day? And we kind of take it from there. And usually whenever we show up being a guide in the morning, we've already got plan A, B, and C in the back of our head, you know, for kind of every scenario. Uh, we also uh, definitely discuss some of these things whenever we're taking the reservation, You know, we look at age demographics, you know, uh, depending on ability uh, in terms of physical ability and then also, you know, fishing ability uh, also kind of dives into there because, you know, we've we've certainly got some rivers and some sections that can be rather frustrating to a first time Mm -hmm. fly fisher. Sure. Angler, you know, (laughs) or fly fisherman. Um, So. Uh, we, we try to accommodate the best we can for, for groups. Uh, being in Breckenridge, uh, it's definitely a family-oriented vacation uh, destination. So we do get a lot of first-time never-evers. We do get a lot of uh, 
you know, families that want to try it for the first time and, and all that. So we just try to do our best to accommodate that. Of course, we do have, you know, uh, uh, anglers that are, you know, have traveled the world and come back every year. And, you know, they're, they're definitely that client that we already have a repertoire with and we know what they're looking for in the day. And uh, then also with that, you know, some of the other anglers that, that tend to book trips are maybe somebody who has always, you know, fished, you know, streamers or dries or uh, nymphing, and maybe they want to learn tactical, you know, nymphing, or maybe they want to learn micro spay, or maybe they've never gone to chase pike and they want to go chase other species and all that. We can, you know, accommodate those mm-hmm. requests as well. Yeah, it amazes me. It just amazes me how custom things have become in that. And I think, uh, you know, kudos to you guys for putting that all together. And and I'm sure a huge part of that business is the repeat person, like you're talking about. Oh, these guys were with us the last few years. We we kind of know what they want. Yeah, we, we certainly have a, a pretty good repeat uh, return clientele that, that comes back to see us every year. Uh, and then uh, we do have, you know, a significant portion that are uh, first-time never-evers planned a vacation at Breckenridge, saw that fly fishing was an option, and, uh, you know, called us through that uh, thing. Um, so I, I would say it's, you know, probably 70% of, uh, you know, new clients and probably 30% repeat clients every year, um, I would say, is kind of where we stand. How big of a part is the online uh, business for you guys in your shop? I, I realize you've got the physical, the brick-and-mortar location, the guides. Um, but speak to the online. Have you guys got a, a pretty decent presence that way? Um, you know, most of our online actually comes uh, through like Amazon and eBay and, and things like that. Uh, right now, we do have a online store through our website, but very, very, very limited. Um, so we, we haven't really expanded that. But the online booking, you know, our website is pretty extensive and uh, it's a great website. I would, I would definitely tell everybody to check it out, uh, Um it, it's, it's got a lot of information. We've got a really cool video on there that we shot uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, got some kids in there, you know, fishing for the first time. That's really cool. Beautiful uh, vista, you know, with the, the drone shot coming in. And it really gives uh, a lot of people the idea of what our typical area looks like. Uh, we've actually had a couple people call and book after watching the video online and say, I was sitting in my office in Chicago and I felt like I was on the river, you know, and, and that was pretty special to hear. But uh, as far as online sales go, uh, we do a fair amount of rod reel sales, you know, gear, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the online presence for online bookings mm-hmm. is is pretty extensive. Throw out your uh, your other social handles so people can follow you on uh, whether it be Facebook or Instagram. What's what's the best way to find you guys? Yeah, so Breckenridge Outfitters for all of it. Uh, Breckenridge Outfitters on Facebook uh, at Breckenridge Outfitters uh, for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do Instagram and Facebook. We're we're, we're not much tweeters. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do a lot of tweeting, yeah, I hear you. Uh, but uh, we, we are pretty active on Instagram and, and Facebook and interact with all of our clients. And uh, we always post, you know, customer pictures and, and uh, you know, people that we help out and give gear. They always send in pictures. So we try to try to post those. And, uh, you know, of course, there is some some guys pictures in there but sometimes if you just flood all your social media with guide pictures sometimes it starts to feel unreal you know it's funny Um, you said that because that's kind of where i'm at right now with social i look for something different 
because at the grip and yeah. grin, I'm kind of bored of the grip and grin. I'd rather see a guy falling over in a boat. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. just show me something. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, uh, we try not to, to post pictures of people falling out of boats. Well, we to, to, to make okay. people fall out of boats. But, a, uh, uh, you know, it can happen. Uh, but we try to keep some humor in there. You know, one that comes to mind uh, a couple of days ago, a couple of our guides were on morning halves and they came in, ate lunch really quick and they uh, were waiting for their afternoon half and they actually fell asleep in the waiting area. And so I snapped a picture of them. You know, it's all in a day's work. It's hard work, something like that. But uh, we try to keep it light and fun. And, you know, we try to feature all of our clients and our families and, and, and people that are just having a good time uh, out there to, to show that, you know, it's a very diverse demographic that, that fly fishing is open to and uh, that, that anybody of any age will have a great time. I got to put you on the spot here, Tim. I, I, I need to know because I know you spend a lot of time on the water. Uh, and you're always around the shop, you must hear some crazy stories. And I always like to ask my guests if you have any crazy fish stories or anything kind of weird, wonderful that's happened to you on the water. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's definitely quite a few crazy fish stories. Um, our, our favorite is uh, the rigs that we collect along the side of the river and along some of the stillwater uh, places that we that we go and guide, uh, we'll get some pretty comical stuff, you know, uh, uh, orange and yellow, two inch bobber uh, with you know three BB weights with a caddis dry fly underneath it to a hook, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. That's pretty funny. Um, you know, we uh, we <laughs> uh, we definitely like to have a good time, and I, I feel like we almost. I, I forget most of the the funny stories and things like that. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, the the things that are funny to guides aren't always funny to to clients or people who are on our trips. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know if I have anything for any of the No, that's good. I I like the sound of that rig. I might have to try that. Yeah, and actually, if you stop by the shop, you can view them. We have them all on display right behind the uh the cash register we we have a wall of shame um <laughs> there's some pretty interesting stuff up there that we've seen you know um drowning dry flies that's a new one i just i just wanted to know if they hooked anything that was really my thing yeah no kidding if you could change something about fly fishing in general is there anything you'd like to see us do differently or maybe do better at i think as a as a collective whole uh, I know that we've made strides in the, in the, you know, water preservation and, um, you know, conservation side of things and, and we're doing really good. Uh, but I think we can do better. Uh, I think that there's a lot of organizations that, that people do have time to, to volunteer for and, and get involved and, and realize that this resource is there for all of us. It's, it's not just, you know, for us that are in the industry or, um, you know, you know, people who are, our anglers and who are out there, you know, hunting or fishing or anything, you know, I think that the preservation of our, of our resources is, is wildly important. Um, and I think that everybody should at least find time for that. Uh, one thing that we started at Breckenridge Outfitters, uh, is called Tungsten for Trash. We actually partnered with, uh, Umqua and Tungsten for Trash is a program that we've been doing for three years now. 
And basically is what it is. It's encouraging uh, kids and youth to, to get out and uh, pick up, uh, you know, garbage and monofilament and all kinds of stuff around rivers or waterways, uh, lakes, reservoirs, that kind of stuff. And uh, if they bring in uh, a trash bag full of trash, hopefully a couple pictures of them out there while they're fishing, picking up trash, uh, we'll, we'll trade them that bag of trash for a bag full of flies, hats, stickers, you know, whole goodie swag bag. So, uh, really trying to get the next generation, uh, involved. You know, I'm not, I'm not old by any means. Um, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, but, uh, I already know looking ahead that I wish I would have got started whenever I was younger. And, uh, I think the more that we educate our youth that this is their, uh, job to take this to the next step and, and keep, uh, conserving and, and preserving and, you know, taking care of their resource, uh, we just have a, a big tie to that, and uh, we really strongly believe on getting the next generation involved. That's really good stuff. I, I love what you guys are up to. And, and Tim, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I sure appreciate you having me, and uh, uh, hope to see you in our neck of the woods soon. So look him up. Tim West, owner of Breckenridge Outfitters out of Breckenridge, Colorado. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.